Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, it's Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Please stick with me and join me because today we're going to be talking about powers of the air. Everything from your mental activity and thoughts to mass communication. We're going to even talk a little bit about x-rays, microwaves, and all of those other waves in the air. So join me so that you can get a better understanding of how to protect yourself and get ready for the long haul so that you keep it together and you don't fall into the ravages of the effects of isolation. So stick with me as we get practical. I'll see you on the flip. Hey there, and thank you for joining me on the flip. Today, I want to ask you, how is your air game? And when we talk about air, let's really talk about what that air is the metaphor for. Air is the metaphor for your thoughts, for communication, the things that travel through the air, waves and and the frequencies and all of that kind of stuff. And the reason why I want to ask this is because yesterday, and thank you for those people who gave me feedback, y'all are really digging, you know, yesterday's, the, you know, things only the wealthy recognize. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. But um, today we're talking about How's your air game because of more understanding is needed to shine light on those areas that we individually can work on and that we can make better for ourselves. It's kind of like once you know better, you can do better. So when I'm talking about how is your air game, I'm talking about how is your ability to strengthen your mental activity benevolently benevolently, boy, I'm having trouble getting that word out, uh, in a, a, a good way. How are you uh, working with your thoughts? Are you allowing them to come to you and run amok? Or are you uh, evaluating them, strengthening them, uh, cleansing and purifying them? And what about your beliefs? Uh, are you tending to them? Are you just letting them uh, become stale and stagnant? And How are you working with emotional triggers? Yeah, they come through the air too. Have you ever realized why is it that emotions are so contagious? When someone comes into the room, their very posture and positioning can change and put everybody on defense. That is because emotions are usually, unless there is a, an immediate physical danger of being hit or or some type of loud noise, usually they are uh, produced 
by the uh, reaction of beliefs and behaviors and mental activity. Okay. So, and don't believe me, just see someone that you are quote unquote envious of or have some jealousy for. You know, they don't even have to say anything to you and your mind does all of it. And then you start bristling up and smacking your lips, sucking your teeth and looking sideways and going over into the corner uh, to plot they set their destruction. You know, you do all of that stuff. And so especially now when things have uh, slowed down to a pace uh, that pro- uh, that promotes individual self-destruction. I want to ask you, how is your air game? Okay, so let's get into it. Recently, and I am enamored with them just as much as anybody else, there are these concepts of mental models. And most of the time when you're looking at mental models, you're looking at ways of understanding that is generally uh, accepted by those who are great thinkers. But I want to take it a little further and talk about mental modeling, the uh, the DIY wisdom way of mental modeling. And when we are talking about your mental modeling, I want you to look at it as a, a way of taking how you think, what you think, and putting it into a way to um, ex- understand it and, and a way to be able to explain it to yourself. Now, let me first start off by talking a little bit about what is the generalized understanding or definition, if you will, of what a mental model is. So looking at uh, how mental models came into um, came into a favor because they've been around since the 40s, but they are now really hot. A uh, mental model is really an explanation of someone's thought process. Okay. And It's a process about how something works in the world. So it's the mental model is the way you think about how things work in the world. Now this and and I'm actually pulling this from good old Google and and, uh, the sources there. And so it goes on to say that mental models are a representation of the surrounding world, the relationships between the various parts of this world and a person's intuitive perception about their own acts and consequences within this world. And so get this, mental models, the way you think about stuff. We used to say the way you filter things, you know, and when we say filter, meaning the way you perceive things based on stuff that has happened to you shapes how you think about what's happening to you. It goes on, and this is the reason why I'm asking, what is your air game? Because mental models can help shape behavior and set us on an approach to problem solving. Have you ever seen someone you've tr- you've tried to get them to problem solve, f- uh, figure their way out of something? You've given them enough of the what's and even some of the hows and still they can't seem to pull the trigger. And the only thing they can do is, well, what next? And not even what next, can you help me do the what next? We started to realize maybe about 30 years ago, going back to revisit these mental models and psychology, 
we started to realize that people had mental representations of how they viewed the world and that reality might be something we all agree on, but it's not always seen the way we think it's seen by everybody because of these representations, um, aka the filters. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts, the learned helplessness that happens innocently enough by a lot of people, depending on what generation you're in, could mean the difference of how you view a situation as opposed to someone right next to you that might have had different experiences and thus their mental representations are different from yours. And Listen to me. Oh, Mona, me, listen to me, because this is important. And the reason why this is important is because our mental models are being remade, influenced, and destroyed in a sense. And the reason why is because of prolonged isolation. Now, if you're listening to this during the time of recording, we are still, in the United States at least, and in some areas of the United States, we're still in a, a state of isolation. And way back in 82, there was a, a study in a book that was put out, and I've been looking for that study. Um, I wish I had it by time of publication because I've only heard other people cite it. But it looked at the impact of isolation as well as the impact of job uh, loss and, and the like. And it talked about how many thousands of people for every percentage point of unemployment that was in a Western uh, civilization. Uh, this um, At the time, it was like in the 30,000 range, the high 30,000 range for every percentage point of unemployment. And they broke it down by way of uh, the aftermath, the, you know, the blink situation. If you want to get a pretty good understanding of, of how this uh, rolls out, go back and look uh, or read the book Blink and how things uh, um, happen in a blink of an eye as well as Freakonomics. And Freakonomics kind of takes some of that data as an inspiration for how it talks about uh, the side effects and the aftermath of, of uh, impact point. So not to get too far off because I want to keep it to you. This is individual wisdom. How is your air game? I want you to make yourself aware of the fact that there are uh, things that are impacting you that you may not until this moment have been able to put your finger on or even be aware that they're happening, but does but it doesn't mean that they're not happening. So even with this um, 40, 40 plus year data, people are looking at the mental models of how that works in today's world where our population has exploded exponentially from the time when that original study was done. And they're looking at the fact that uh, for all of the unemployment that is happening now, I'm, I'm talking about the United States where I live, you guys. So uh, your country might not be experiencing this to this, to this effect, but for all of the days of unemployment and the percentage points going up, um, for all of the 
aftershocks of people who would normally need to have regular um, doctor's visits and who would normally have gone to the hospital for uh, emergencies outside of COVID-19, they are refraining from going from that. Then you have those with undiagnosed issues. And one of the biggest ones, silent killer out there, is undiagnosed mental issues that are starting to flare because of not only unemployment and worrying about your future, but because of the social isolation. Uh, People need interaction. They need touch. They need hugs. They need to, to feel the energy of people that comes by being in close proximity to another physical being. And so you have, you're having a lot of that. And it's unfortunate that day by day, young, old, and otherwise are checking out. And they're like, I got to leave. I, gotta, I can't take this. You know, um, there was one just yesterday, young singer. Uh, they are saying that that's not what it was, you know, from the family, but, you know, they're still investigating. And I don't want to, I don't want to put this out in, you know, uh, as a way that I know anything, but it, it, it smacks of something like that. Uh, on and on. We're starting to see how people are suffering and how people are uh, struggling without the proper tools and the proper support and help. And so I'm kind of trying to do my part by asking you to be aware of what's your air game. Now, I've talked, you know, a little bit individually about, you know, your mental activity, your thoughts, beliefs, and emotional triggers. I've even brushed up a little bit real fast on a mental model. And let me just remind you again that a mental model is an explanation for your thought process about something when it comes to how you see yourself in the world. Think of it as a representation of what your world looks to, like to you individually because of the filters, the experiences, and the consequences of what you've gone through, okay? So that's a mental model for the most part. It's, it's simply a way of explaining how you think through your life to live your life in this world, okay? So, but this is the other side of that that I want to talk about before we get into some of the things that we can practically do to start working on strengthening our air game. And that is to understand that there really are powers of the air. (laughs) Seriously, there are actually powers all in the air. And the first ones I'm going to talk about real quick, and don't roll your eyes, don't roll your eyes at me, is going to be electromagnetism. And With electromagnetism, it's the interaction of the electric currents or fields or magnetic fields. So think of electricity meets a magnet. You got electromagnetism. And if you think about the uh, electromagnetic field, you know, or waves, these are the powers of the air. Okay, so let me just quickly, and you can Google this, honey, please. You know, you can easily Google this, electromagnetic waves. And the funny part is, is nine times out of 10, you already know them. 
but I just want to quickly uh, give you a quick review of them so that you'll you'll get an understanding of what we're talking about. So in the everyday, everyday, the powers of the air that we are familiar with, we've given them acronyms like Roy G. Biv. It's the colors that we see, the visible light that we see all the way over, you know, from your red, orange, yellow, blue, green, indigo, and violet, Roy G. Biv. Uh, we're familiar with that. But we're also familiar with the invisible ones. Now, on the lower spectrum, you're possibly familiar with radio and TV. They travel through the air. Or even long radio waves where, you know, you're talking about CBD, I mean, CD, uh, CBs. Yeah, CBs. Uh, Lord, I'm CBD. Okay, anyway. Um, uh, but then we in the 80s, became familiar with microwaves and medical personnel became familiar with uh, the higher ones. But I wanted to say um, something really quickly about the powers of the air. And I have always um, had great veneration for my grandparents, for their wisdom. And my grandmother used to always say, be careful of the things you can't see. They're more powerful than the things you can. Now, I am not saying my grandmother was a theoretical physicist. I'm not saying that, but that lady was onto something. Because in the 90s, 80s and 90s, blue blockers, these glasses that were orange, uh, started coming on the scenes and people started buying them in droves. And you started seeing um, famous folks uh, like Bono from U2. Uh, and other people starting to embrace them. And then, lo and behold, in um, the 2000s, early 2000s, you started having gamers and people like me who spent a lot of time staring at a computer screen, learning to get these blue blockers because of the infrared rays and the UV rays that were attacking our retinas and causing issues with the eyesight. But you couldn't see it. Didn't mean it wasn't there. These are powers of the air, y'all. So let me move on because we're going to shorter and shorter waves, which means that they have higher and higher vibrations and frequencies. And they, the higher they go, the more dangerous they are to our mortal beings, including not only your body, but your mind. Okay. So let me just do a review. So the, on the lowest end, we've got long radio waves, but we're most familiar with the second lowest, which are radio waves and TV waves. Then we have microwaves and infrared rays. Then the next ones are the UV rays. That's when we're getting past our visible light. You know, so right after Roy G. Biv, you've got those UV rays and that's where you, you start getting into the area of we got to be that, you know, it's getting dangerous because now you're getting into radioactivity, which is really dangerous. Then you've got x-rays. And that's why we have to have that protection when, when they take an x-ray so that it doesn't fry us from within like a super microwave. But then after the x-rays, we start moving into faster and faster frequencies and we start moving into the realm of gamma rays. Now, the way I always remember gamma rays was the Hulk. I know it's childish, but it helps. It helps me to remember. And, and so being able to understand that 
anything after Roy G. Biff, that's dangerous. That's, you know, the uh, electraviolet rays, the, you know, the UV rays that we're familiar with, the X-rays, and then on up to the gamma rays. And with that, I started, was like, you know, so what, what is this, you know, trying to say? And what I was starting to look at was that the more use we have of a lot of technologies and um, computers and phones and all of that means that we really are having a higher concentration of these rays becoming more prevalent and bearing down on us. And there are actual studies that say this. And I don't... Um, I don't have time to uh, go into all the minutiae, but I will say you are smart enough to go and start to do your own studies. So I wanted to make sure I talked about the powers of the air, starting with the actual powers of the air. But then I wanted to talk about layering on top of that, the powers of the air that are really prevalent. And it's it's not funny, haha, but it's funny like, hmm, that it's like, wow they actually use the real powers of the air to do this. And that is something called mass communication. Now, mass communication. Traditionally, if you go and look up mass communication, it's talking about a general broadcast to everyone. So think of your televisions, radios, YouTube, Netflix. These are going to be considered mass communications. And the reason why is because they are able to be delivered almost unencumbered because of, you guessed it, radio and TV waves and now internet and and the like. And uh, you have to be discerning when it comes to mass communication. I decided a few years ago I was going to dust off my uh, understanding of mass communication. Um, And I, I went back and started studying in modernity, you know, within the last couple of hundred years, people who had made a large impact by the use of mass communication. And prior to television, one of the biggest ways of mass communication was through the printed press, aka newspapers. So I started looking at Pulitzer and and, uh, Hertz. And um, then I was like, okay, well, let me go back a little bit more And I found myself looking at Marx and Stalin. Most people think that they were very political, but they got their start by the utilization of propaganda, if you want to call it that. But they would normally put out newspapers, underground newspapers to the masses. And they were able to, uh, whether you want to call it an infliction or if you want to call it an inspiration, they were able to get masses of people to think differently and to be uh, vehement about their thoughts to the point where Karl Marx was, he managed to get out, get put out of every place in Europe, including London. How do you get put out of London back in those days when they, they were the, like the receiver of any and everybody. If you can't stay nobody else, you can go, you can go to London. They even put him out of London because of the power of his understanding of mass communications. And so the wisdom smack that I have today is I want you to look at how strong is your air game? How strong is your ability to guard against communications that come to a wide range of people freely and for you to believe it simply because it is a mass communication?
I talked about the Chinese understanding of uh, uh, three men on a tiger where it's an, another representation of just because a lot of people say something is so does not make it true and how you have to become more discerning. Yesterday, when I talked about things only the wealthy recognize and I pulled from that list, I was trying to present to you aha and hmm moments to get you to trust yourself. That's why we led off with um. An understanding of your self-confidence, a, a quiet assurance of it. And then we went on and talked about the, the trinity of self, where you are, you do yourself justice to yourself when you learn how to have self-resistance, uh, self-control, and self-management. Okay. So in the little time that I have left, when I when we're talking about how is your air game, I want to get a little more practical. And that is, you, you want to start mastering the control of your mind, knowing how to think and becoming a judge of ideas that are presented to you. In order to do that, one of the things I want you to do is to become very familiar with persuasive terminology. There are entire courses, and I've actually covered on this podcast uh, things that people say. Uh, There is a quick little book that you can get that I've highlighted before on this podcast, um, exactly what to say. And it's little catchphrases. It's meant for salespeople, but it will show you how these words trigger an unspoken and covert agreement with what someone says. I've talked about another book that I had someone, he made me laugh, uh, when I talked about how to read a book. And it has a section in there with dealing with understanding and detecting persuasive writing. Because when that book was written in the 1940s, there was a lot of propaganda. There was a lot of um, uh, military and government and, you know, anti-government information being disseminated and people needed to know. But that makes it no different than us today. We need to know what's going on. And it gets to the point where you have to start understanding who or what to believe. So with mastering the control of your mind, knowing how to think and becoming a judge, the first thing I want you to do, like I said before, is to become familiar with persuasive phrasings. You can find this on Google. If you don't want to read a book, just Google it. And the reason why I'm making y'all go and do Google is because this is going to also help you to take the initiative to start doing for yourself in times like this. The next thing is, is dealing with the finesse. Uh, There are trickster energies afoot. I'm going to be doing a podcast about uh, how to detect trickster energies and what that's about. And with trickster energy, sometimes they are simply trying to have fun, but they have a scale just like anyone else. And sometimes they're trying to usurp your very life. So when you think about hackers, and you think about trolls on the internet, they are part of that class of trickster energy. People who hoax and and put out that somebody died when they didn't, that's part of the trickster energy. But with the trickster energy, the reason why I want you to become more aware on how to detect it is because the ones that are really good, they can do it to the point where it's believable. And it has enough of the ingredients of sensationalism and itching ear gossip, gossipiness for it to travel faster. We have concrete evidence that fake news travels faster than real news. 
partly because it's not research. It sounds good to the ear and it sounds just enough plausible, but sensational so that people pick it up and spread it. Whereas the truth and and real news, if you will, takes time to be vetted and researched, confirmed and reconfirmed and, and checked. And so this trickster energy moves very quickly. And I would caution you that anything nowadays, anything, you need to act like you are a peer and you need to review them. And you need to be like, okay, I, I'll put this on the back burner. And when I can get uh, two to three more confirmations from what people or sources who have proven to be reputable and who know how to quote a source and where they got the source from so I can go find the source too, then I'll believe it. And so even with us being quarantined, isolated, we are starting to learn the path of patience to slow down because things move in the air real fast. And before you know it, you'll be caught up. And that brings me to becoming aware of the effects of isolation. Now, social isolation, financial isolation, and emotional isolation are a foot. People who have had years, sometimes who have never had to encounter this this diabolical uh, trilogy are suffering from it unawares and unprepared. And so when we are talking about the effects of isolation, we are talking about the it's cruel because you're snatching away the very foundations of what makes us human. And that is our ability to socialize because in our hard wiring of that back part of our brain for survival, community meant safety. And when someone is torn away from community and forced to not be around them, they don't feel safe. They start allowing the boogeyman and the shadows in the corner to become realized because their minds do overtime to turn them into things. And we're so powerful that we start to create instances and situations so that the universe conspires to make it happen. And so you have people who are out here, bless them, bless their sweet, precious souls who are seeing shadows that are becoming monsters to the point where their mental capacity is starting to degrade. Now, if you add on top of that a decrease in income with an uncertainty of when and if it'll ever come back, but their lifestyle has not changed and they're not able to um, rid themselves of the stuff that they've gotten, that's a combination that's horrible. And I'm not going to even talk about, so that's the financial portion of it. And I'm not going to talk about the biological, physical aspect of it. People in certain age groups, well, I would say in all age groups, need to be loved and cuddled and hugged and need to copulate. People need to continue to live. And so I want you, sweet pea, to work on everything that's within you, to strengthen your air game understand that you don't fight against flesh and blood. You fight against those powers of the air. And I'm not talking about um, mythological demons and all that. I'm talking about UV rays. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, x-rays, gamma rays, mass communication that comes through the air. And I'm talking about your mental activity, unchecked, those thoughts, beliefs, and emotional triggers. So guess what, y'all? My time is up. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another Wisdom Smack. Bye. 
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.